Dolphins. This is your boy Chief Sut. Thank you again for tuning in. We appreciate you guys pulling up and uh, it's a funny part of the season. I'm not going to hide from it. I'm not going to run from it. We're going to go ahead and grab this bull by the horns. It's not victory Monday. We miss victory Monday, but the bright side is QB1 returns this week and uh, we'll have a victory Monday after a late night party on Sunday. And the guy that's going to be at that late night party on Sunday at the Rock, they call him Mr. Coach Crane, aka the Crusher, aka the Crane Trade, aka Coach Dad, aka my dad, aka the Service. Colby, Coach, hashtag PFP Coach. How you feeling, Big Dog? What's up, Dolphins Nation? Thirty-two years old, been a Dolphins fan since I was in diapers. Tom Brady also ruined my life, so I think we're all on the same page. He's getting his right now. We'll save that for another episode. But uh, it was it was nice having Justin on last week. For those that don't know, that's uh, Coach's cousin. I also do a fantasy. It's fantasy and kind of spreads, whatever, just everything but the Dolphins. We try to avoid being Dolphins homers as much as we can in that podcast. So I'm trying to bring the boys over here to get their uh, their fins up, if that makes sense. But let's talk about this uh, this Vikings game, Coach. What, uh, what would you say your initial thoughts? If you had one overall takeaway from the game what what would you say to someone that didn't even watch it let's say ouch who was at a wedding and is in in this episode right now how would you summarize the game to him uh the dolphins were within one drive from victory and one mistake was all it took for them to lose the game uh there was a couple mistakes after that obviously but it was just that one key play and the fact that we're a team without our starting quarterback that's going up against a four and one playoff contender. And we're keeping it in the game all the way up until four minutes left in the fourth quarter says a lot about our team and like what they're going to do this season. It shows you how much heart is, is built into the team because they're doing that with us coming in, starting Skyler thinking Skyler was going to be the guy for the day. And then it turns into Teddy. And like you said, we still finished within a touchdown at one point like it should have been really really close the little dalvin run at the end makes the box score look prettier than it was but uh i would agree almost all the way i would say three turnovers versus no turnovers it's going to be really hard to win that game ever but on a i guess i would say my my biggest takeaway from it was we actually had a game where the pass rush got home the receivers were unstoppable just like they were supposed to a bunch of secondary guys had to step up out of nowhere, and there was just too much going against us for us to be able to pull that out. Too many flags early on, and then just throughout the game, trickled through. Those self-inflicted ones, some of them were the refs just being refs and throwing flags when they didn't really need to, but it is what it is. We can't be hurting ourselves that much without QB1, without Byron, without all basically our real offensive lineman like Heron Armstead uh, didn't play that he was his first game not starting you know and 
you could tell the difference with having Teron Armstead and Austin Jackson out there, even though we only had it for a second. Um, starting the game with Brandon Shell and Greg Little, we were playing from behind off jump. So there's no way we could afford one, maybe two turnovers, but three turnovers, man. The fact that it was even as close as it was, that was impressive. But I thought it was going to be worse. I don't know about you. I did as well. I didn't expect us to stay in it. I didn't expect our run game to look good. I didn't expect our coverage to stop them the way we did. Um, but I, I think we're going to get into all of that here in just a few minutes. I mean, it sounds like we're at it. Well, we can start with the secondary because that was kind of a major talking point for the group chat. For everyone that's been following the show, you guys already know we were early, early fans of Noah Igbenogany. And obviously, new evidence has come to light to where we've had to pump the brakes a little bit on pumping Noah down everyone's throat. But uh, he stepped up a little bit yesterday. Uh, Keon Crossan went down, which was just another random injury that we couldn't handle. Uh, Nick Needham, I believe we lost him for the season with the Achilles tear. Hopefully he comes back at all in any capacity. That's a tough one to come back from. But the secondary stepped up, bro. We had no business holding Jay Jets. We say holding. We held him to 107 yards, but held him, held Thielen for the most part, held Osborne, held Irv Smith like... They did their job with a bunch of undrafted free agents and random dudes. Do you think that scheme or do you think that's just from the pass rush getting home or what do you think it stems from? I think part of it is the just the mentality of the team in itself that even though somebody got hurt, that the next person that comes in has to make the play. We've seen it with Keon Cross and we've seen it um, with, uh, is it Caden? Cater Kohu. Kohu, thank you. And uh, I mean, the coverage of last week was actually the first time we've been in the green on the PFF score all season. We've been in the orange, the red, and the yellow just week in and week out. And we finally, in in all facets of the game, were across the board good except for against uh, the pass block. The pass block was the worst that we've had all season except for last week against the Jets. Really? Yeah. It It was worse... And the Jets game, you're saying? It was just slightly worse than the Jets game. That okay. was the only two like very bad games that we've had in pass block. That's why our teams looked serviceable because our receivers are getting open and then our guys are able to make it the pass. The The big issue was the coverage in past weeks, and we finally picked it up. I think that the offensive line has to be Mike McCarthy's next like v- visual point of reference, like what he's going for. I mean, I know you mean Mike McDaniel, unless we randomly hired Mike That's McCarthy in the last couple hours and nobody told <laughs> nah. me. <laughs> yeah. Nah, I agree. They have to get that sorted out. And it's funny that in the first part of the season, pretty much every drive that Tua was on the field went for a touchdown. And if it didn't go for a touchdown, it went for a field goal. And it was in a, in a red zone field goal, not asking Jason Sanders to kick it 50 yards. Now that we have the secondary stepping up, we're finally getting a pass rush and we're stopping the run, we can't get into the red zone. We're penalizing ourselves and getting ourselves out of field goal range or we're right on the cusp of field goal range and missing the field goal. I think that's the difference. Like, yeah. It it really is. You can't blame uh, 
the quarterback and say that since two has been out that the quarterback play has been awful because it really hasn't. It hasn't been as good. I think that a lot of people after Baltimore kind of said like, well, look at who's throwing the ball to you could anybody could do that. And you see that Teddy's not making that perfect back corner throw on the outside so that the defender can't get in there. Mm-hmm. He's not making those pinpoint accurate moves. And those things do hurt us some, but that's not what's the difference maker. It's like you said, that second drive, I mean, where there was what, 10 penalties once we made it into field goal range. That was and sad. some of them, it was it was bad, man. Yeah, dude illegal man downfield and then a hold and then a this and what was wild was to watch mcdaniel and skyler call another play and convert it anyway okay first yep. first and 20 cool convert it get it down to the red zone oh never mind first and 25 all right fine okay convert that one call it back again like how how much more do you want from this kid and, and not just doing it with Tyreek and Jalen. River Craycraft had a big play that was called back. I mean, it was it was all over the field. Everyone, even Trent Sherfield's been making big time plays for us. So he had one that stuck. Both of them have been making big time plays, and Trent Sherfield's making big time blocks that some people are noticing. Yes. The real n- are noticing, but not everybody's <laughs> noticing. Um, His blocking grade on PFF is the second highest on the team behind Robert Hunt. Like, <laughs> you know what he I is, mean? Like, he's a monster, dude. He's out here, boys. Now, brings me to a point. Why did we pay Cedric Wilson all this money? And where is he? Are we just keeping him okay. upright just in case we need a quarterback? I think that a lot of people forget the timeline of events. We signed Cedric Wilson way before Tyreek Hill was even a concept that we could perceive happening to our team. So we paid him to be the number two, number 1.5 to Waddle because that was the best option we had in the open market unless we traded for Devontae Adams, which nobody knew could happen until the Raiders did it. So I think that Cedric Wilson definitely hasn't been playing up to par, especially because Craig um, Sherfield and... It's Craycraft, Rich River Craycraft. Yeah. River Craycraft and Trent Sherfield. Yep. That both of them have been outplaying him. And the guy's making what, ten or eleven million this year? Yeah, I want to say it's eleven million a season, but you're you're yeah. right. I definitely pulled a Loki and messed up the uh sacred timeline. Got a, little, <laughs> got a little mixed up there. But yeah. And River and Trent are guys that come from the system and they understand the system. So like exactly. if our, if our that's why they're is, blocking mm-hmm. so well. And apparently our playbook is, uh, you know, mega complicated. All these playbooks are complicated. But the receiver position, apparently the way they run their X and their Z, and I believe they have one that they call the – it's not an, an, an H. They have another random letter that I've never heard used for receiver groups. But that's what Cedric Wilson plays – and it's also what Eric Izukama plays. And they felt like he's not mentally ready for what that position calls for. Plus, they would want him in a pinch to be able to fill in at the other two positions behind Tyreek and Trent and or Waddle and River. So to be able exactly. to like know all of that is a lot to ask anyone, literally besides Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. Because yeah. apparently they designed it for them terminology everything because those guys we can't say enough dude like 
Tyree Tyreek Hill one himself is he's got 700 yards already. So he's producing and just putting up crazy numbers week in week out. But the amount of open space that Jalen Waddle sees on a weekly basis and his biggest point of emphasis coming into the season was getting his yards per catch up because it was only like nine yards a catch last season. That's not me, man. That's not me. I'm a big play guy. That, that nine yards yep. ain't me. I got to get that up. It's got, yep. I, I don't even need to look at it right now. I know it's over 15 a clip. Like 17.8, you know, like, <laughs> it's beautiful to see it, bro. Anybody can throw to those guys. Can they though? Like you can throw, no. the, you can throw the hitches. You can throw some of them, but we're seeing Tyreek would have went for 250 with Tua yesterday. Seriously. Tyreek over the middle, whenever he just sits in the zone is I think unstoppable. If you can t- just dot him the ball right there as soon as he drops into that zone, he can literally turn it into 10 more. That's just who he is. I mean, 14 yards of reception because he's gotten so much more receptions, 50 instead of 30 for Waddle. Mm-hmm. There's only three players on the team that have over 100 yards. Mike Kosicki, oh, uh, just over this past week with 170 now. So good game from Gasicki, man. A huge needed it. Yeah, I and I liked what he said. I don't know if you saw the big quote that he had after the game. They asked him about, oh, you know, you had a big day and how do you how do you feel about how people always talk about you? And he's like, you know, the weeks that I have a big day, people say this, the weeks that I don't do anything and I put up like nothing, they say that. And, you know, I do think about it sometimes, like, do I fit the offense? Do I fit this scheme? At the end of the day, like, I'm just here to, like, help the team win. And if that means, you know, I put up one catch for one yard, like, so be it. Or if I put up whatever I put up today, like, that's cool with me. But whatever it takes to help the team win. And I'm just like, man, bro, we can't trade him. (laughs) I couldn't have written a better answer if I tried. I mean... Because that's what it should be about. It should never be about, well, I saw that George Kittle now has 200 yards on the season, so I only got 170. I need to get at least 55 next week so that I can Mm -hmm. beat his ass. Like, that. It's about winning football games. And like I said, man, the way I broke the game down was that we were within six points on one drive with four minutes left. The ability to run the clock out and score the last second touchdown – it was in our hand. Like we were there. It was just one mistake. That's all that it took for us to lose it. And I hope that the adversity is enough. I, I know that uh, it's gonna it's gonna be famous at this point that Mike McDaniel's uh, after the Ravens game. They he said something about how he said to the team that he really hoped we saw a little bit of adversity and that they kind of took him a little bit too seriously. And let the team, you know, have to come <laughs> back from that 21 point deficit in the fourth quarter. Yeah. But it seems like we've been kind of the team of adversity ever since that game. I mean, we barely won the Bills game, and then it has not been an easy sled for us since then. We've been getting definitely bit by the injury bug, and it's not at every position, it's just the same position loses multiple guys. And like, we've gone through three quarterbacks probably five or six offensive tackles. Uh, it's just at now, at, now at corner, if we want to talk corner all two. season. Yeah. I mean, seriously, Go uh, back to Byron has missed uh, X has been completely hobbled all season long. He hasn't mm-hmm. been himself. He's just been kind of this half of a guy. That's why he doesn't jump routes like he used to. He's not making that big time play. He's still making the stop. 
but he's not making the turnover. Yeah, you can catch him on a quick slant if you're fast enough. It's not it's not like it used to be where he was all over everything. And he clearly just needs a break. But with Needham done for the season, you're not getting a break, dude. Like, it's only going to get harder until Byron gets back. And from the way McDaniel's making it sound, like, there's not even a timetable for that. There's If, if I could make Byron Jones run laps, I would. I don't care how hurt you are. You're going to run till you feel better. You're going to run till I feel better. How does that sound? But if we're going to talk hey. about guys that are going to run laps, that's one of the segments we like to do. Uh, it's for not necessarily guys that are in the doghouse. You know, they're not Liam Eikenberg where the entire fan base unitedly hates them, but they're on their way. Or maybe they just, you know, messed up and they need to think about what they've done. So, Coach, who are you sending to run a couple laps this week? I've already mentioned it a couple times. I mean, Jalen Waddle. just he, he made not one but two big mistakes. And mm-hmm. we had three turnovers in the game. Two of them were his fault. That first one to Harrison Smith absolutely should not have happened. Um, it was it was a crazy throw in a tight window, but big time receivers got to make big time plays, and he was there. He should have made the play, and mm-hmm. if he doesn't, that's fine. But you do not give up that fumble. Like fumble loses us the game. Yeah, without that fumble, if you just get tackled there, we win most likely. Like that, we were literally trending to winning the game by all analytics. Now, I know you're not on Twitter like that, but a lot of Dolphins Twitter was, you know, you know how they are. They're going back and forth. And people were literally turning on Jalen Waddle already yesterday, being like, oh, see why we shouldn't have taken a first round pick on like a receiver. And like, <clears throat> see, that's other- silly. You know what I mean? You're telling me he, he, he should run laps. I can respect that. But you're not giving up on Jalen Waddle. Not at all. I mean, he's twice yesterday. He's the, a fantasy starter for me still. I think he's still going to have a phenomenal week next week. He lost us a football game. And you know who's going to be harder on Jalen Waddle right now than anybody is him. Literally, J- like, he's, he's so pissed right now. Like, you saw it on the second <laughs> drive whenever that – that uh the Patrick Peterson pick happened mm-hmm. uh right after he was still you could see visibly upset at himself yep because he knew that that pick didn't matter that it was still his fault that he made that big mistake and like he's just got to atone for it and i think he's going to i see a big time Jalen Waddle game i i know that he hurt his shoulder on that last drive but mm-hmm. everything i've heard today is that he's saying he's totally fine don't worry about it. I'm playing football. Yeah, so, so. did Byron Jones, though. But <laughs> think about how he hurt his shoulder. That play was like a 50-yard burst that he hit where he had Connor Williams lead block, and he was still trying to score at that point. Like, Yeah, and he should have just gone out of bounds as well. I, I watched that play three times on the replay, and if he would have, like, you keep pushing, keep pushing, keep pushing, but then do the smart play. Do what Tyreek would do and just go out of bounds. Don't get – brought to the ground nope. because it takes that much more energy out of you and it's that likelihood that you're small they're big they could hurt you man that's just that's physics it just is what it is and you and two both need to get that through your thick heads i don't care how Seriously. tough you guys are i don't care how strong you guys are you guys are on the smaller side of nfl players bro especially you waddle if we're going to really talk about it you're not even 180 pounds my man like you can't be taking hits and that hit wasn't even that vicious. It was the fact that Buddy landed on him and the ball was like under his shoulder and he landed on his shoulder. So the body weight yep. of the guy plus himself landing right on the ball, like it's going to pop out a little. That's not going to feel good no matter what. You know, even if you're 210 pounds, that's not going to feel good, but it's not going to hurt you as bad. That's just 
physics. I'm not a doctor. So all of you, oh, well, such a neurologist one week, and now this week he's a physical trainer. He knows all about it. these ailments. You. And shut up. I'm just saying. Like, that's common sense. And anyone that played even high school football can tell you. When the big guy falls on you and you're a smaller guy, that hurts. When you're a big guy and the small guys fall on you, it don't really hurt that bad. <laughs> that's why you see Josh Allen just drag But the only person that I ever want to see running laps is Liam Eichenberg. But this week he has a road dog. I'm going to have both L's running laps. It's going to be Liam and Greg Little. I was kind of advocating for Greg Little early on when he was coming in and showing how tough he was, even though he wasn't getting the best like PFF grades. I just respected him coming in in a pinch on the fly and like holding his own, you know, but over the last couple weeks, it's like, dude, you're, you're way too big to be getting pancaked and just straight bulldoze like that. And there was a couple of plays where Zadarius Smith clearly like was not even going full speed. He was almost like trying to gauge how hard he had to go. And then he just ramped it up to that speed, blew past Greg Little, and made the play. So I'm praying Austin Jackson's back this week. If we can get Tua, Austin Jackson, Taron Armstead back all at the same time, I think we have a whole different vibe in Dolphins land. But the way Greg Little's playing, we're not going to be able to get nowhere. I think Brandon Shell outplayed him yesterday, and I don't even know who Brandon Shell is. Greg Little's first-round pick. Like, uh, the, I think a lot of fans also sleep on the fact that offensive line is a major weakness with Liam Eikenberg out there, and Tua makes up for it with all the little things that he does well that – Teddy Bridgewater just isn't mobile anymore. He's honestly more unathletic than Jacoby Brissett. And Skylar Thompson is very athletic. He just is a little bit more fidgety. Obviously, he's a rookie, you know, but I think Tua makes up for no matter who's out there on the offensive line, and we've been missing that, and we can really use that this week. We could honestly use our real offensive line back with our real quarterback and just mop the out of these Steelers, but a boy could So help. last week... Greg Little, PFF pass blocking grade was a 1.5. And that's out of uh, what? 10? Out of, uh, I think, 100. No, it's out of In 100. total? Yeah. Yeah, it's out of 100. Because, like, Raheem Mostert was a 79.6. That's the best on the team. But 1.5, I've never seen before. That is, um, that's bad. I've never that's seen like, anything lower than a He gave up three sacks and six hurries. <laughs> on oh my god dude that's bad dude that's what do you really even, bad what do you even do i mean i think that a wet paper towel would have actually stopped more people from getting to the quarterback i saw someone on twitter said uh you know having Greg little out there is 1.5 percent better than having no offensive tackle at all <laughs> <laughs> they were referencing that i think yeah. and that i've never seen a number that low on any score for anybody on any position ever, ever. like yeah ever ever not not even a quarterback throwing three interceptions 100 yards like they'll at least get like a 15 or a 20 you know and I believe on the season, he's at like a 30-something on his pass blocking. Like, maybe even 25. Like, it's also fairly bad. I'm not a big PFF guy, but that's that's something noteworthy to be that low. Like, <laughs> I mean, Robert Hunt was amazing on the opposite end. Like, he was just absolutely 
unbelievable. He gave up three hurries in total, but no hits, no sacks. Like, I mean, come on, dude. Like, that's what we need. So I think we've got the starts of an offensive line. Uh, We've got some young guys, too. I'm not really all that worried about it yet because the scheme has seemed to make up for the lack of talent. Mm -hmm. Uh, You can't make up for Greg Little and Liam Eikenberg every play, but it's been enough, man. Like, our, our team still makes plays. I remember a lot of games being a Dolphins fan and just watching three and out after three and out. If you were a Vikings fan watching this past week, you were pissed. Even though you won, you had like eight three and outs in the first half. Like that—that's not the—that's not football. That's just watching your team not do anything all day. There's no point. What are you even watching at that point? I think. We, you're right. We do have young guys, and for the most part, we have the start of an offensive line. But I just don't like Liam. And why can't we just ever draft a guard? Like it's not that hard. I mean, we drafted a good one. We just he was a tackle first. Who? Robert Hunt. Yeah. Yeah, and that was a third rounder though. Like. Yeah. We spend all Very these true. first round picks on all these random players all the time. Like. Ah. I'm still angry we didn't I mean, draft, we didn't trade up to draft Quentin Nelson. I wanted us to trade up like five picks, just like get get me him. Then we we'd never worry about this, you know. <laughs> yeah. At this point, I wouldn't hate the idea of bumping Connor Williams out the guard and bringing Dieter into center, if you know Dieter's not going to be an absolute skeeter. But Connor Williams is playing great, so I don't really see a reason to start the snaps if we don't have to. I think that what the Lions did with their offensive line is the like what everyone should try to do. I mean, they drafted three of those guys in their center, their left tackle, and their right tackle. They picked up two decent guards from other teams, and like they've got the best offensive line in football. I mean, if not, it's a top five. You can't argue top five. I think the Eagles probably have the best offensive line. Jason Kelsey's a monster, mm-hmm. um, Lane Johnson, but... Yeah, Dwayne, Dwayne, the rock, I mean, Dwayne Johnson. What if, all right, so if you could give Tyree kill and get the entire Eagles offensive line, do you think it'd be worth it in a heartbeat? But what I, if you had to give Waddle and Hill? I mean, I can do anything with a great offensive line. See, I agree, man. I, 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 I think that a lot of people saw Dan Campbell come into the lions and saw him draft Penny Sewell and drafting, you know, Aiden Hutchinson and drafting all these like, big time in the trenches guys. And he's honestly building a potential playoff team within his first two or three years, just off of doing that. That's the only thing he's really made sure to hit on. He's got his lockdown corner. He's got a stud wide receiver. He's got a stud every play tight end. He's got two stud running backs. Like, bro, he's, he's winning ball games, not winning necessarily. He's staying in every single ball game with, Jared Goff, Jared and the Goff. and the thirty second ranked defense, which is only going to get better. Yes, Jared Goff's about to start for me with uh, Josh Allen being out this next week, so I can't be too Jared Goff. I got, but bro, I'm running Goff in quite a few leagues. I'm comfortable. I'm, I'm not, yeah, he's good for garbage. Hey, time. you're hoping for the garbage time. Exactly. Took the words out of my mouth. I mean, speaking of garbage time. I always like to give uh, a day off to my garbage time kings. You know, the guys that try really hard the first three quarters, don't really do anything, but then in the fourth quarter, they just get it popping. That's a garbage time king. They deserve the day off. Um, 
I want to talk about guys that maybe deserve the day off on our team. We didn't really have a lot of garbage time to work with. It was kind of a close game. But uh, who do you think earned themselves a day off from practice, Coach? He doesn't have to come in. He can just rest, hit the ice bath, and chill. I think he hit over 100 yards on the season finally. And uh, he's got two touchdowns on the day. Mike Kosicki, tight end, making plays in between the 20s, making him in the red zone, making him when they count doing everything that we needed him to do to win and never giving up the ball. Just being safe with it, always. No more gritties, though. He's got a promise if we give him the day off. Honestly, man, the last one wasn't as bad as the first, but please just like at least get some of the cool people on the team to help you out. Just some of them. Nothing. Just one. Nothing was as bad as the first. So saying it wasn't as bad as the first <laughs> isn't saying anything. I, it doesn't say much. I know. Like... Uh, Coach McDade, they asked him about the first one, and he was like, you know, we showed Mike a couple, ex- a couple of examples of what's good and what's a bad, you know, gritty. And we didn't tell him, you know, he was the worst, but he was definitely leaning towards the side of not good. I'm like, bro, just tell him it was trash, Coach. Trash. <laughs> the way that man <laughs> dances around things but still says it without saying it is just, that's why I love him. Bro, when he came up to the podium, he was like, how about this, everyone? I have a crazy idea. So for the first time this week, let's talk about the Vikings. And someone's like, no. Uh, so two and the concussions. And right away, Coach McDaniel just... Hey, John. (laughs) Visibly over it. Like, I. Yep. I love him. Uh, He pisses me off, but I love him. He's so weird. He pisses you off? What's he do to piss you off? He needed to bench Tua and Xavier Howard on that Thursday night game. That really pissed me off. I mean, there's no (sighs) excuse. You know, both of those guys were hurt. You knew both of them could have used the day off, but you really wanted to squeeze out that Thursday night game. Nah, bro. Should have rested him on the short week. I feel it because it was the Thursday night. Like, if they played on Sunday, then you still play him. Because, like, his whole thing was that, you know, whenever I start sitting people, whenever I'm told that they're medically cleared to play, like, at, then when do I start them? Like, at, when, at what point do I get to then make the decision to start them if I never sat them because of a parameter that is, like, measurable? So I, I totally get that, and I understand, like, what he means by it. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Thursday night football, everyone gets hurt. Um, like, someone's going to get hurt this Thursday. We don't know who. Hopefully, it's not a star player. Like, that's all that we can hope. But everyone knows that someone's going to get hurt. That's just what it is. So it's better to play safe. Yep. And that's my thing. Like, if I have the wherewithal to run, to pull a Doctor Strange, and that's another one for the counter for you, ouch, go ahead and keep your Doctor Strange counter up. He said he's going to count how many times I reference him throughout the year and just do like a highlight film of that. But if I have the wherewithal to pull a Doctor Strange and see all these realities, and I felt like if he went into that, both of them went into that Bengals game hobbled and any little thing happened, not only do we lose the Bengals game, but we lose the Jets game, which this up divisionally and then we probably lose the sketchy vikings game too like none and of, honestly none of that was worth if it. they're still hurt come the sketchy pittsburgh game where they're coming off of uh, a win over a team that they shouldn't have freaking beaten like you know what i mean you know all those yeah. games are sketchy and losable 
they're not sketchy and just like, oh, auto wins. The only auto wins in our schedule are the New England Patriots. Nothing else is auto win for us. Like, we, that's the only thing that really pissed me off on the season. And it really pissed me off because I was right. And I've had no hope without Tua. <laughs> and now that he's coming back, I'll have hope again. But whatever. One guy that does give me hope, because we were talking about it pre-show and we talk about it every week, I wear his jersey proudly, even though Omar Kelly doesn't know who he is. The heart and soul of our team, I wish I could give him every day off, but he wouldn't even take it. Christian Wilkins, man. That guy is where he needs to be, it seems like, on every single play. He makes a play on like second and short, I want to say. He, he blew up that reverse. Uh, loss of six, and then on the very next play, they try to salvage a couple yards back by giving it to Dalvin, and he eats that up for another loss. And then there's a false start from someone standing right in front of him. So there was basically a whole drive that Christian Wilkins just ruined by himself on top of him just always being in the right place at the right time. Whenever the offense scores, he's the first person down there somehow celebrating, even before some of the offensive Seriously. Like, he, I don't. I got to start trying to watch it to see how fast he runs down there. Like, I just think that guy is the heart and soul of the team. We agreed he's probably the best player on the team. I mean, we love Tyree Kill and everything that he does, but like, it starts in the trenches, man. And yep, we can, we were, you know, we were winning with Waddle. We would definitely be hurting without Tyree Kill, but we would be hurting significantly if we didn't have Christian Wilkins, man. It would it would we be wouldn't a have a run defense. Game. Yeah. It dude. wouldn't exist. Sealer Sealer is a man's man though. Any any of us, you know, we're real Dolphins fans out here. We're all pro Zach Sealer out here. But it's not the same. So in the way that we say that on every play, Christian Wilk, he's there every time. Like he's always where he needs to be. He's we throw a pick that shouldn't have been a pick. Who cares? He makes a tackle for a loss of eight yards on the next play. And then the play after that makes another tackle for a loss for them to now have to punt on this drive that they were supposed to score an easy touchdown and go up by 10. So yep. all him. It's all him. Sealer is a flash play. He's that that fumble that happened was all him. Uh, the Irv Smith fumble mm-hmm. was pop poked out by Sealer, but he's not going to show up on every play. He doesn't show up every time he's out there. Sometimes he's just taking the block. Sometimes he's just stuffing up a hole and he does it well, but he's not just so explosive and just so much bigger and stronger and faster than everyone else that he can just manhandle people. (laughs) He's just kind of good technically and he's where he needs to be sometimes. We finally saw our biggest player use some of that speed and strength and manhandle somebody and get himself a goddamn sack. It feels like Raekwon Davis doesn't use that brute force enough. I don't I don't know if that's a scheme thing, but he absolutely eliminated that center on his way to the quarterback this weekend. And I don't know what we need to do to get some more of that. But if you get some more of that going with your flash plays from Sealer, with your consistency from Wilkins... Plus, Ogba starts showing up and Phillips starts showing up. Like and they Ingram. Did. You know, Ingram, I don't even have to ask nothing from him. I just need them to stop putting no. him in pass coverage. Please just go back to a traditional 4 3 and stop asking Melvin Ingram and Jalen Phillips to drop back into pass coverage because they're easy targets. Like, they are. It's just, it just is what it is. Maybe Van Ginkle's less of an easy target, but uh, 
it's it's a pretty easy read for the quarterback to say, okay, well, Phillips is on his way. That means Ingram's in coverage. Let me just throw it to that spot because I know he's not there and vice versa. If I feel Phillips coming, cool. Well, Ingram's out of position, so I'm just throw it to right there. Or, you know, worst comes to worst, just throw it wherever 52 is because a Landon Roberts can't cover me. Can't cover me. Can't cover Mimi. Can't cover Dirt. Can't cover uh, my little nephew, Junior. Can't cover So he's a headbuster. So so many spots on our defense. I don't know. I wouldn't hate a Boyer upgrade if this season doesn't go positively. Um, I wouldn't hate a Boyer upgrade anyway. Honestly, I wasn't looking for a Flores upgrade. They gave me one, and I like it. So if they wanted to, I up- love it. <laughs> if they want to upgrade I mean, Boyer too, I'm with it. Who's going to be upset about a flashy offensive-minded head coach that's going out there and making big plays? That, Like we said earlier in the episode, on that second drive where we had 10 penalties, it didn't matter to Mike because he just dialed up another 25-yard gain. Oh, we need another one? Oh, don't worry. I've got a whole bag of tricks, and it's only week six going on week seven. So we got plenty of time. Plenty of time. And we have plenty of time for another episode later in the week. You guys be sure to pull up for that one. It'll be me, the coach, and Ouch will be back for that one. We'll be previewing the Steelers game before Coach and a bunch of the gang head uh, head to the field for that one. But for, I guess, final closing points, my uh, my one major final closing point, if any of you NFL folks or anyone that has connections to the NFL are listening to this, can you guys please just ask them to at least attempt to call our games, pretend like you're calling it fair, maybe even sell it to me a little bit that it's not completely biased because to tell me that that Josh Allen play was not a safety and to tell me that that Kirk Cousins play this weekend was not a safety, but that Teddy Bridgewater play was a safety is just disrespectful to my intelligence. And I'm so sick of us not getting calls the same way people get called it's one thing when tom brady gets slammed on his back gets a 15 yard penalty for it plus he kicks the man and it takes him three days to find him but Tua gets carted off the field on a similar maybe some would say exact same hit and there's not even a penalty called there's no there's no nothing there's no hubbub besides oh Tua's injury prone and the dolphins have a terrible uh, coaching staff like just for the love of God, just call us fairly. And if you're not going to call us fairly and you're going to be this openly biased against us, just hide it a little better. Stop putting it so far in my face where it's this blatant because it's blatantly disrespectful. But that's that's basically all I got to say. I'd, I'd honestly say that goes into that second drive too because a couple of those flags are just like, bro, what are you even calling? Why are you guys calling it an ineligible man downfield every single game on us away from the play? I would completely understand if the ineligible man downfield is in the range of where the ball is or where some of the action is, but it's not even affecting the coverage. And they're just calling it because, what, an offensive lineman's going to make another block or looking for someone to block? He's not even making contact with anyone you guys are calling it. So That first one on Connor uh, was completely, absolutely his fault. Like, watching it after, he was, like, going to make a run block. Like, the guy was literally blocking like he didn't understand what the play call was. So. It, I just I think that away from we the need play to though. these young away from the it, play I mean though. I agree the completely play. and it's a stupid penalty if we're being real like there's no need the, to the call the reason it, for the penalty it's it's because of the linebackers it's so that the linebackers can read off of the offensive linemen to
to know what type of play it is instead of being able to trick them by running at them. But then really it's a pass play right over their back. And like, it, it, it's stupid. It's a stupid penalty in the first My place. problem with that one specifically is you're right. That's the point of the flag, but the ball went nowhere near any of that. It went to the exactly. far left. It was man to man. Cornerback so far coverage away. had nothing to do yeah. with what the linebackers were doing. And yeah, he was out there too far, but he didn't make contact with anyone. And none of those linebackers bit on anything or had anything to do with the play anyway. So yes, they Agreed. can call that, but we can go back and watch every single NFL play and, referees will tell you there is a flag on every nfl play no matter what there's a hold there's something that they missed sometimes they catch it sometimes they don't at the end of the day if it's impactful to the play call it if you you know you're indifferent about it if it's away from the play let it go they don't let go on us man ever so that leads me perfectly into my closing statement and some of you may remember it was uh, the fourth quarter third quarter whenever the Vikings went up from 10-3 to 16-3. to On that play, Justin Jefferson had a pick where Thielen rubbed off intentionally, didn't even run a route, rubbed off intentionally on Xavier Howard. Didn't even run so a route that is, the, is the key part to that because that's illegal. Yes, and it was supposed to be called, and it wasn't because it doesn't get called so often. Aaron Rodgers runs that like every other play. He's got two crossers where one of them intentionally digs a little bit shallow so that they can cut off the corner, so that they can get separation, so that they can get a play. And I think that offenses need to start running it more. If they're not going to call it, if they're just going to let this happen, then f- it. let's just do it. Let's all do it. Yeah. If you ain't cheating, you ain't trying type of deal. I mean, at that point, we're just putting up a play. I mean, it gets called sometimes. It gets called on the Dolphins all the time if we try to run a pick. But I think you just run it more often. You know, it's a literal touchdown if it doesn't get called. So run it. They call it on us every single time we run the play, coach. We can't run it. I know. (laughs) Even if they don't rub, just the fact that they – I remember there was one specifically where Kiseki went to do it and he started putting his hands out and then he like put them up in the air and they threw the flag as his hands went up in the air. It's like (laughs) you guys are throwing it what? Because they didn't run a route the same way no one ever runs a route on this? You guys are such – just whatever, man. It's all good. I'll – I won't hold my breath waiting on the NFL referees to start calling our games fairly. I remember as a child watching Ohio State throw a flag uh, maybe 10 to 15 seconds after the game was over just so they could, you know, take it away from the Hurricanes. And that was my first time actually seeing how much the world hates Miami sports. It doesn't matter how much the world hates Miami sports. Miami sports loves Miami sports enough for the whole world. (laughs) So, y'all, we're going to keep getting after it. Two a man's back this week. QB1's house. I think the whole league is on watch. The only thing the league can hope for is, honestly, a Tua injury. Because that's the only thing that can stop him. You got Skylar Thompson dicing up professional defenses. Seventh round undrafted. Seriously, though. You have Teddy Bridgewater, a shell of his former self, putting up 300 yards against a Vikings defense. Like, in relief of a quarterback. He wasn't even the starter this week. Didn't even get starter reps. So that's a, a taste of what the system can do. And now you're about to get QB1 back with his eight, uh, was it eight to three touchdown interception ratio, high QBR career season. 
it's on and popping, boys. So I'm excited for Thursday Night Football. Make sure you guys, uh, if you bumped with the episode, give us a, a little like skis, a little review. We appreciate that. Every little bit helps. Make sure you follow Coach at Coach underscore PFP on the Twitters. You can also follow our fantasy show. That one's at Pro Football underscore Pod. That one drops weekly as well. Get on board with that one. We'll have a couple, uh, I think we have the episode recording tomorrow. So that one will drop, what, Wednesday along with this one. So you'll get a whole bunch of the gang on Wednesdays. Get your Wednesday football prep before Thursday night football. I do my fantasy live show if you need some start sit advice. Coach jumps on that one. Valdez jumps on it. Kyle jumps on it. We got all kinds of homies on that to help with your start sit advice and then some draft king. But uh, Coach, appreciate you having or, I'm, I'm buzzing. Appreciate us having you. Uh, thank you for your time. You want to shout out anybody else on the way out? Hey, you said it best. Uh, thanks for having me on the show. Shout out Dolphins Nation. Let's get a win this week, boys. I'll be seeing you down in Miami for the Pittsburgh game. Oh, yeah. F- Pittsburgh. F- the Jets. Uh, the Patriots. Yo, Will, I'm throwing a couple extra cuss words just to make sure we get our money's worth for this editing. Um, yo, Belichick. And... Roger Goodell. Fins up. You're talking Super Bowl because we're the Miami Dolphins.